Hi, I'm Adrian Maven. Welcome to I'm Also, the podcast about people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. My guest for this episode definitely has multiple careers. It's Nick Newman, who is a videographer, event organizer, musician, and photographer. Kia ora, Nick. Hey, Adrian. Thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure, pleasure. I, I mean, you've got a lot going on. Is there sort of one go-to or are you a bit of everything? Well, I think it changes, uh, you know, day to day, whatever needs the most attention. There's definitely a few different hats that I like to wear. That's why I like to call it wearing a different hat, you know, put on my videographer hat when I'm filming something or put on my event organizer hat when I'm trying to whip things into shape. Um, but at the moment, I'm actually organizing a couple of nationwide tours for some theater productions. Um, I have a show um, called Piaf the Legend that I've been working on with Mandy Meadows, oh, yes. who's actually one of your um, colleagues at yeah, yeah. Toyohamai. Yeah, she's an incredible singer, and she sings this um, show in French, which she devised, which is about the life of Edith Piaf and has her songs. Um, so we put that show on. It went really, really well, uh, and we decided to do a tour of it. So I'm organizing that and then also organizing a tour for my friend's country band um, called the Harmonic Resonators. And they're um, a really, really cool band as well. But what's cool about doing these two tours, which will happen about six months apart from each other, I'm sort of organizing them at the same time. So I'm contacting all the same theaters. I'm sort of duplicating some of my work, which is good. And that that's what one of my main focuses at the moment. I'm in the stage where I'm planning out the venues, planning out the tour, um, you know, tossing around options and seeing if it's going to work. And it seems like it's going to work. So that's cool. Um, I have day to day i've got video editing jobs to do uh you know I've, I've got my project satellite sessions which we'll talk a little bit more about uh in a minute and um then there's uh other musicians who um get me to to film and edit stuff and and that's that's an ongoing thing which is really fun i, I really like combining passions the great thing about um the great thing about music is that it is the rhythm of life and you know video has music is such a big part of it you wouldn't have video without audio right yeah yeah have you always wanted to sort of um sort of work for yourself i think i fell into it really um i mean for me a normal career just didn't come like i studied but i didn't finish my degree and i you know felt like i didn't know what to do for a long time i actually started doing music first uh obviously when i was a kid i played music and i love music have my whole life but you know i didn't realize that i could do it as a job until i met some people who were doing that and they were playing in bars and they were playing private gigs and i was like oh that's actually a pretty pretty good lifestyle and it's pretty fun um you know i i wasn't amazing at it to start i got better and um over the course of three or four years i i had some really great times with friends and play lots of these are covers gigs so you're at a bar you're playing popular songs and you take requests or, or whatever and you sing them you play guitar um you know i i'll um be part of a band as well and that kind of all came about through jam nights so um that was my first career really is being a covers musician and that that's a fun thing but it's also got its downsides you know you're always doing the same songs you're always uh it's it has a ceiling you know in terms of music it's not like a full-fledged music career for where I was, people make it into that, you know, but you become like a wedding singer or like a corporate. Uh, and I've got lots of friends who do that. And, you know, power to you if you, if you like that lifestyle and you're making it work for you. It, it can be really rewarding as well. Um, but it wasn't what I wanted to do um, long term. So um, at the same time, I was handed a camera. I was working backstage at a, um, a music video shoot. I was like a 
you know, third AD essentially getting coffee. Um, but it was really fun to be there and be a part of everything. And I was handed a, um, a camera with a manual lens. And manual lenses are great because it forces you to actually focus yourself and you feel like you're really taking charge of it a bit more. So I started taking photos and realized I really liked it and got into that more, bought a camera. My father's a photographer. He did lots of wedding photography back in the 90s with uh, medium format film. So he, you know, there was a lot more to consider back in those mm -hmm. days. But um, he, you know, he has a great eye for photography and we would sit and discuss my photos and we would, you know, talk about how to make them better. And, and it really, like, his mindset sort of imparted onto me, which was great, you know, um, something for us to bond over. So photography became something that I did part-time. But, you know, with both music and photography, I started doing them for free, basically, because people don't just hire you. Um, there's a lot of competition out there. What's nice about the way I did it is I got into the stuff because I like doing it. And then when the opportunities started to come where I could get paid, then I tailored my skill set to that. But, you know, people that want to do a career in media and arts to make money are, you know, barking up the wrong tree, really. And it's as a as a holistic motivation, it doesn't really give you the right frame of mind for how to look at things. You know, if you're distracted by what you can get out of it or what monetary reward you can get all the time, it's important to consider for sure, but it can be distracting. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's your go-to camera at the moment? Um, well, I, I I first got into Canon DSLRs, uh, which were you know the standard, and what I had always thought was the best, and they are good. But um, the Sony mirrorless system, the full frame A7 III, came out in 2018, and I started looking at it and thinking, wow, this thing would fit me perfectly. Um, I'm I'm really tall. Obviously, this is a podcast; you can't tell, but I. I'm really tall and thin, and I have always shot cameras um, using the screen where I could. Um, DSLRs don't really focus well using the screen, so it's a, quite a slow thing, and you're basically just manually focusing. But I did that because I was really tall, and I wanted the photos to be at the eyeline of the people that I was photographing. I didn't want to be like looking down on them. And then also, it's a nice way to take candids because you're just you've got it. You're not, people don't really see that you're taking photos in the same way. And a mirrorless camera can focus and do everything and tilt the screen really nicely from your waist. So I thought this would be perfect for me. And it looks like a great video camera. I can start getting into video, something I've always wanted to do. So yeah, I bought a Sony a7 III about six months after they came out. It was just the best thing I could have purchased. I sold all of my, my Canon camera gear and sunk my, all, my entire savings into buying it. But it was absolutely the best thing I could have done because... It, in terms of a video camera, it's still a fantastic video camera, even four years later. And yeah, I um, I've now moved on from it to the A7 IV, which is just the same thing but snappier, better. I I actually have three cameras. I've got the A7 IV, my old A7 III, and an A7C, which is the same thing as an A7 III. But yeah, it's just to, to have multiple cameras for live music video shoots, where you need multiple cameras to capture different angles and different people. I mean, realistically, I should probably sell one, but I like having many. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the, the gear addiction is um, it's a is common strong. thing. It's strong. I mean, when when you have two passions like music and photography, it's a strong it's a strong pull. Um, but in the end, it isn't really the gear that makes the work good. It's it's what you do with it, and you can see that time and time again. I mean, there's a <clears throat> there's an artist I like called Steve Lacey, who's like an indie music producer. He has done heaps of demos recording into an iPhone, you know, with iRig. And you, you, the sounds you get out of iRig are actually pretty pretty good. 
but it's bizarre to me that he would choose to work on a tiny screen. But restriction breeds creativity, you know. It's a funny, it's a funny thing, but it, it's it's true everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of there's less barriers to getting into that sort of thing now, but you still oh, gotta absolutely. have, the, have yeah. the skill, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that is the other side of it. It is there's a lot less barriers, and I think that um, you know beyond just the less barriers, there's like much easier ways to get really professional stuff, you know, for an intermediate price. If you pick up a Canon DSLR now, you know, in New Zealand dollars, you could pay like six or $800 for a Canon 6D and have an amazing full-frame camera. It takes beautiful images, you know. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but it's $600, dollars $800 for something you use that will be great. So same thing with, with guitars. Budget guitars have gotten a lot better. Um, get solid wood guitars for really cheap, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, moving on to your, your satellite sessions you mentioned earlier. How did, how did that come about? All right. The story of satellite sessions. Well, um, I'll say what satellite sessions is first. Yeah. It's a music platform uh, based around original music. Uh, it's a gig series where we have four original artists. Each one plays a set of like 30 minutes, uh, their own original music. They can play a cover if they like. And we do them in different places and we film the, we film the gig. And then we edit together one song from each artist set that we think will be good. And we talk to the artist and everything is try. We're trying to do it really professionally as well. Um, the gigs are supposed to be really intimate and to be a song sharing experience. But how it came about is basically, um, uh, this is going to be a slightly longer story. So when I was in the state, I, I moved to the States to do videography and just for a change of scene. When I was over there, um, I moved in the middle of summer to L.A., and I started working for this guy who had a, like a fashion studio and a, a product photography studio. And so we did uh, a shoot out in the desert, which is classic. Uh, we were out in Riverside, actually, at this home with a pool. And we were doing videos of like pool furniture. And it was really, so this is, this is like just a fateful. Just the furniture. Just the furniture. Well, it was like a 60 or some items, you yeah. know, one after the other. And this is a day that I wish I could do over because I actually injured myself. I hurt both of my wrists just using her a lot and without realizing what kind of strain I was putting my body under. It was really hot. It was like started at 90 degrees. That's like 32 and then got up to like 95, which is like, yeah, 34. And then we stopped and the temperature went back up and we came back down. We started again, but it was, yeah, I didn't realize how much I was injuring my wrists. Yeah, the, it's been, I've had a, like a chronic wrist injury for about three years. You know, it's it's not something that has made my life better, but it's changed the course of my life. And I had to stop playing guitar um, while I was trying to recuperate from this. Um, and I stopped playing guitar for so long that I my brain I think got out of the mindset of playing covers. Um, I'd always found it really difficult to write original music, but when I stopped playing for a while, it seemed like the perfect opportunity to try and let something out. So when I came back home after having not played guitar for about six, eight months, I, um, yeah, I, I started writing some songs and I was like, oh, well, this is, this is great. I, I can actually sink my teeth into this. And I'm very critical, so it was only like one or two here and there. But I wanted to play them. You know, I wanted to have that experience. And once I had played a couple of times, I was like, well, I want to, I want to play a real show, but I don't have enough material to like open for somebody, um, and I didn't want to play a bunch of covers along with my original stuff because I feel like that changes the vibe a lot. Um, so I decided to set up 
a singer-songwriter showcase, that's what I called it, which had four artists, and each of them would play a short set, um, myself included. And um, yeah, that's what I did. And it was at the Jam Factory, which is a great little venue here in Tauranga. It um, you know has the PA and it has seating. And I was just like, well, you know, I will set this up and uh, we'll see. It will, you know, it'll just be for the love of it. You know, we'll charge some ticket price entry. And we did that. And I started doing that regularly because it was really fun. And it was a good opportunity for me to play songs and write new stuff. And eventually, I um, I did it enough times where it had built up a little bit of something. I had invited a, a new friend of mine who was a, a videographer and a musician. And he came along and really loved it, decided he wanted to get involved. And that's when the sort of production quality of things started to kick up a notch. Um, he, he came up, uh, his name is Sam Fisher, and he came up with the name Satellite Sessions. And he started mixing all the audio for the, um, for the videos and has been kind of like the other guy in the room, which has been great. Um, so we started putting them on in different places. Um, over the summer, we did two shows in Tapuna Quarry Park, which is this beautiful amphitheater um, set into a hillside, trees all around, really cool venue. Um, we've, um, yeah, we've, we've done almost all the videos from that set of gigs or two gigs. So we've, we've done, I was actually just today editing the seventh video out of eight. And yeah, I mean, every video is special. Every, every song is, we're trying to, to make it sound as good and look as good as possible. You know, when you've got four cameras filming a, an artist, cameras will shake cameras will do something that they're not supposed to do and you just have to know you, you move them around and you've got the luxury of playing with when they cut and what you can do to smooth out the 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 movement of the camera or maybe the the exposure and just trying to make everything look as seamless and trying to add to the performance and the sense of what's going on um, with the camera and then with the audio as well you know we, we've got separate tracks for each instrument and you can you can you know EQ and reverb and sometimes even pitch correct um, aspects of performance and and polish it that way. Mm -hmm. So all of that coming together is very satisfying um, when we finally do it. And the artist comes out with a piece of content that is a is a good representation of of their music. And it's pretty hard to actually get all that stuff together for a lot of artists. And so yeah, I feel like it's a it's a bit of a, it's kind of a valuable service for musicians as well. Um, and the community uh, response has been really, really good for satellite sessions. Um, every time we do a gig, people more and more people know about it. Um, when the summer comes back, we'll be doing a lot more. Yeah, but the, it, the end product looks great. Oh, thanks very much. Watch the videos. Yeah. Cheers, man. Come out really well. Um, it's, yeah, it's a labor of love, really. I mean, we do we do pay ourselves, but it, the amount of time spent is a lot. So uh, now with all the pursuits I've got, I'm trying to make everything as efficient as possible. And Satellite Sessions is definitely getting better. Every video is starting to take more like three hours, four hours to make rather than eight. Yeah. Um, some, some, I find some people don't realize how much time goes into it's a lot. the editing side of things. Yeah. I mean, a faster computer would help. I mean, I'm editing 4K 10-bit files, um, which look great. And you can move them around a lot in terms of the exposure and the white balance and everything. But they're heavy files. And <laughs> my computer is rendering on like 1 16th. Uh, it's not a slow computer, but it, it's not—it's not a big PC tower, which is kind of what you need. But buying one of those is like five grand, and I'm like, oh, there's so many things to buy. Yeah, satellite sessions is kicking along. I mean, I—I have—I would love to make set something like satellite sessions my full-time job, you know, and and just do something like that if it paid well. Um, 
but it it really it doesn't. So it's sort of see, I, I'm I'm seeing how it can develop organically and who can get involved and what we can do to raise the profile of it. There, there's there's now in my life I just can account the things right satellite sessions which I edit probably one of these videos per week so it's like four or five hours on that and then there's the the theater stuff which has been more like 20 hours um, each week because I'm trying to write out spreadsheets of, of cost-benefit analysis of, of shows and budgets and then also the planning of the tour uh, interacting with the the people who are going to play and making sure that everything is copacetic and we all know what we're going to do um this is just the planning stage it'll probably that'll probably ramp up like towards the towards the actual tour in the weeks before it will be like you know 30 40 hours where i'm just there trying to manage all the ads for all these different places and yeah it's it's intense so that that's going to ramp up um so that's you when it, you created the ads as well didn't you? uh yeah for pf i did yeah. i i did the graphics for that, that. good as well thanks yeah. i saw oh, those everywhere actually yeah they we did spend thought, a who's lot doing this stuff this looks good <laughs> <laughs> it was me all along um yeah what was good is that yeah that show um i'm gonna just finish up with what i'm i'll talk about that in a second so many things um so yeah the theater stuff and then other video editing projects um of which there's probably like two or three per week uh, let's, let's say two um, which are again about four hours each, and then I also do my own music and go to jam nights. So I'm this week I've been rehearsing music for a show that I'm playing on Sunday um, at Tocha Street, which is another fantastic venue locally. If you're listening and you live in Bayport and you haven't been to Tocha Street, definitely go check it out because it's amazing gigs in there, great sound, um, and pretty much the only place to play for a lot of bands. So I'm I'm playing a little. Um, afternoon set on Sunday and um, that's going to be nice another artist a couple few more artists are playing um, but so I've been rehearsing music for that I've written a new song so I'm trying to finish that it's it's done I'm just getting into my bones and um, working on rehearsing that stuff been to two or three jam nights as well so it, yeah I mean it's a lot it's a lot of stuff but it's all really fun mm. you know I wake up and I'm just like excited to go and check what I have to do and interact with people because it gives me a buzz. That's a good way to be. Do you have a more productive part of the day? Uh, definitely later. I mean, I, I wake up reasonably late because I don't um, sleep very well, just in general. Um, but like I'll wake up like 9.30 and then I'll, I'll immediately start, you know, checking what people have sent me in the morning and respond. So actually pretty, pretty like, good for the first few hours i'd say I, I give it like two hours and then i'm like well i need to give myself a break i i need to i either go to an exercise class or i will go for a walk and maybe have a nap and then start up again at like three or four i'll have reasonably long phone calls with people like venue coordinators or like uh, clients who are looking to see what the best option for them is in terms of video or audio or yeah, and, and then like later on at night, I'll, I'll either be like out doing something. Even on the weeknights, there's um, you know jam nights and, and different things on, um, meeting it with friends. But then oftentimes when I come back, I'll, I'll do stuff when I get home. I mean, last night I just decided to start editing the Satellite Sessions video, and that was, that was a fun little task, and it was, it's, a, it's a nice buzz. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm here. I'm going to be awake. Might as well. It's fun. Yeah, so that's my. I don't really have a super organized daily schedule. I drink tea at regular intervals, keep myself uh, caffeinated, at least 
to the level that tea caffeinates you. Yeah. Uh, people always say tea has more caffeine than coffee, but I don't know if that's true or if it if it is that, then it just doesn't absorb in the same way. No, coffee's got more of a hit, hasn't it? Yeah, it really does. Uh, oh, when you went to the states, how did you get work there? Because well, as a creative role, that it must have been. It was tough. Um, I got it pretty lucky in the first little bit. So <laughs> my story is, I I had all these sort of projects come to a natural end at the same time. And I decided to sell everything that I had and move, which was a lot of stuff. So selling stuff was a big a big mission. But I did it. Um, and I found a place to sublet straight away um, before I even got there because I, I was looking through Craigslist. I, I did a lot through Craigslist, um, essentially, which is a really big directory site in the States. Um, you don't really have a New Zealand at all. But in the States, you know, you've got every local city has its own Craigslist and you've got, you know, directories for creative stuff, mobiles, for fucking whatever, hair. Who knows? Um, so I was looking for rooms to rooms to rent and I looked through so many, so many, and it's really expensive. Um, but I was looking for something temporary because I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't sign a lease from New Zealand. I couldn't do anything really. I didn't have a bank account over there um, yet. So I I actually contacted this house and looked really cool. It was a really funky house, like a courtyard with um, a waterfall in it and, yeah, trippy, trippy stuff going on. Um, and I was like, hey, like, I'm a creative person. I'm easygoing. Uh, what's the situation? And they hit me up like, okay, so we've had lots of people hit us up, but you're the only person who seemed interesting, so let's have a Skype. And I had a Skype. They're like, oh, you seem cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it was like right around the time that the Game of Thrones finale came out. And and they were like, oh, yeah, we've been having this like Game of Thrones viewing party at our house. We've got like a real nice projector. And I was like, oh, that's great. Did you watch the last episode? They're like, don't even talk about it. Don't <laughs> even. And I was like, all right, yeah, we're on the same page. I was like, that was, yeah. So that um, that was my first house. That was in Silver Lake for three months. And while I was there, I you know would just trawl Craigslist for people wanting videography and photography sometimes not even for for money just to just to do something you know just be working quote-unquote working and yeah i am the first thing that i got was a um like a corporate video shoot in beverly hills which was just down the road from where i was staying and it was like in a high-rise and it was this was like a week after i got there so it was very bizarre to be like stepping into this corporate pristine world and, you know, I roll in there and there's like three or four photographers, videographers, and they're trying to balance a gimbal. And I was like, seeing that they didn't really know how to do it, because uh, gimbals were relatively new at that point. And, um, and they were like, uh, and I was like, well, I can, I can balance that for you. And like, All right. So I started balancing it and then I started using it and they were like, okay, well, he knows what he's doing with that. Um, and shot some cool B-roll. And although the, the role didn't say paid on it, um, they actually did pay me a hundred bucks US, which was like stoked. I was stoked because I didn't didn't expect to get that, and it was like my first week. Um, those same people hired me back several times for lots of different stuff, but it, I mean, it wasn't particularly rewarding work in terms of what they were filming. It was just like corporate stuff to inflate somebody's ego, or it was interviews, or you know, it was it was dry, but it was a good way to see you know, the culture, the corporate culture, and to see see the place, you know? I filmed stuff in the Long Beach Convention Center, went out to this random, like, ship out in Long Beach as well, and filmed on that, which is constantly stationed there. I forget what it's called. 
you see you see the place there was a couple of those um a, a couple of different um people who who i met through craigslist and who gave me work but um the you know when i injured myself that was in august i got there in mid-may and it, so it was like two two and a half months after i got there i did this injury and basically couldn't work for a couple of weeks i mean it was like my wrists were on on fire and anytime i like would move too much it would my wrist would jolt and i'd get like a sharp pain so i tried different things i tried exercising them i tried resting them and it was a big drain and actually it kind of it was my career took a, a bit of a hit because i could only work so much i also couldn't really find any other less demanding work physically so i was just doing what i could and being kind of depressed the rest of the time and then the pandemic hit and i was like well this is a good opportunity to get out of here mm. this is this needs to happen so I sold everything I had in the States except the camera stuff, which I brought. And I moved back just before the pandemic hit. So, you know, L.A. was starting to become a little bit weird. And I was like, you can't buy masks or any or thermometers or anything. And people are whispering about the, the coronavirus. And my dad's like, this is, a, this is a pandemic. You need to move back. You know, he's a, he's a very cautious sort. But he was very right in the situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I you know, decided to find someone to, to take over my room and sold my stuff, got on a plane, came back, and lo and behold, big old pandemic. <laughs> and, um, I mean, that was, it was an interesting time. I, you know, I was still dealing with the wrists, still trying to figure out what was better, going to specialists. Um, I have since definitely figured out a lot of what can hurt my wrists and how to make them better. So I, I am doing camera work a lot of the time. I still wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to hold a gimbal for hours. Uh, they're, it's, they're quite awkward, but there's ways to brace yourself and put it down and I make it work. Mm. Um, but that's, it's taken a while. So yeah, I mean, finding, finding work in a new place is tricky. I would say making the connections with people is good. And if you have to work for free, that's what it is, but not for too long, obviously. Mm. And it's like it, you you want to do stuff to do stuff, but be clear that you're just doing it because, you know for free because it, you're new in town. Because yeah, people will take advantage, and they they will still you know probably bargain with you and and you'll you'll get lower rates for a little while, but then you'll just meet new clients and that'll be good. Mm. Just meet meet people. Mm. Uh, maybe getting back to say the local music scene. Is this some who's some up and coming artists? Well, that's that's a good thing to ask, Alex. I I really love the local music scene here in the Mount. Um, I say the Mount; it's really the Bay of Plenty in Tauranga. Um, so I went to a gig three weeks ago that just was so fun. It was at Totra Street, um, and it was Maddie Buxton and his band. Uh, he's a great local singer songwriter, kind of reggae, soul, R and B, rock, even like some drum and bass. Um, check him out on Spotify. He's got some great stuff. Produced by a local producer as well called Nate Souter. And uh, he he put on this gig with a full band of local legends, like, you know, Keys, another guitarist called Regan Perry, who's amazing, a drummer, all, all really great. So that was a fantastic lineup. And then there was another local band called Is What It Is. Uh, I'm going to spell that for you, which is I-Z space, W-A-D-D-I-D space I-Z. So like E's What It Is. Uh, they're some local reggae, tripper, surfy types, um, and just amazing vocals from the lead singer his name's bead and he's he's a great guy bead bailey they have some really catchy songs and really good performance so it was um 
the two bands and this other guy called Joko, who's actually from Napier. Amazing voice, kind of like passenger, sort of husky, folky vibes and just great chords. Um, yeah, he's definitely something to watch. Um, check out Joe Cole. He's on Facebook. Not to be confused with J. Cole. I think he's going to have that joke for the rest of his life. But so the, those are three. Um, there's also an artist called Ferico, who's amazing, uh, gender non-binary, uh, really, really great voice and style. Um, they've got a single on Spotify called NB. So Ferico is W-H-E-R-I-K-O. Um, definitely check them out. It's a really, really nice little song. I could keep going. There is um, a band called Wild Lanes and a singer called Wild Lanes, also known as Laney, who's um, releasing songs. And she's she's fantastic. Great soul voice. Th- these are all people that have played at Satellite Sessions. Pretty much everyone. Actually, yeah, everyone I've mentioned has played at Satellite Sessions. Um, and yeah, they're, they're coming up with new songs, Wild Lanes. Um, Dan Sharp is another one. He's a... Um, a really, really great singer. He's over in the UK at the moment, um, producing his own music and um, yeah, just helping other people as well. Like he, we did a, vi- a music video shoot with uh, Wild Lanes and Federico and Dan Sharp. Sort of produced it and just like put on the whole thing, and it was just great. Did the audio, so I, I really think it's cool when when musicians take on a, a production role as well because just so much can be done. I mean, it's very expensive to hire people to to produce and and to mix and to video and to video edit all these things they're time consuming jobs and if you can learn how to do them i mean they're not as hard as you might think they're intuitive they just take some time yeah and youtube is a great teacher and maybe summing up plug a product promote it was promoting already but maybe uh promoting you got something else sort of maybe a little bit further into the distance coming along that well, further into the distance, I will have some original music coming out um, on Spotify, which would be great. I mean, it'll come out everywhere. I say Spotify because that's where we all com- consume our music, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of a folk soul kind of style. Um, I've got all the songs written. I just need to record them. And it will most likely be under my name, uh, under Nick Newman. That's definitely going to be a, a project that will be very fulfilling for me. And hopefully you'll enjoy it. Um, but definitely check out Satellite Sessions. You can check us out on YouTube on Instagram, on Facebook. We put out live videos every week, which are really, we think that they're great, local artists, and um, come to a gig. Um, I think the next one is October 16th. I am going to just double check that is the date. I believe that it is October 16th. Yes, that's correct. So if you're in Tauranga, um, that will be at an undisclosed location at this point. Um, but it'll probably be in the afternoon sometime. Yeah. It's a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but it's always a really nice vibe. You know, people come, they bring your own alcohol most of the time um, and sit and enjoy some really good music in an intimate location. That's the vibes. It looks relaxing on the video, just the people in the crowd. Even looks, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's more like at the quarry, you bring your own chair. Yeah. Otherwise, you're on, the, <laughs> you're on the stone steps, which are not too bad, really, but yeah. It can be. It can be as relaxing as you want it to be. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point to finish. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Nick. That was great. Thanks yeah. for the information. Thanks, Adrian. I think it's, it's good to have uh, you know local creatives on and, and highlight what people do. So thanks. Yeah. For, it's a valuable service. Yeah. Thanks very much.